night. Again, we want to get right into our lesson on prayer, Christian soldiers in prayer. Amen. I exalt, therefore, Paul says, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving and thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceful life with all godliness and honesty. Why is godliness and honesty attached to prayer? Why is godliness and honesty attached to prayer? Da, 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 da. God is true, okay? Why is godliness and honesty attached to prayer? Brother DeMuth. Okay, what is godliness? Godlikeness. God and what is God like? Okay, holiness. What is holiness? Separation. Okay, righteousness. Joy. Calling. What is honesty? Truth. Being honest. What does it mean to be honest? Don't lie. Tell the truth. Okay. Okay. So if if you have a solid continual prayer life, then it should move us to separation and to be true and sincere. Notice what Paul is saying. God wants all to do what? Come to the knowledge of truth, to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. We have to get to the point of where I'm getting some feedback, honey, if you could turn me down a little bit. Amen. Or just turn me down just a little bit. Uh, to, to separate ourselves unto God. You know, we are his chosen generation. We are the royal priesthood. We are the holy nation. We are now the peculiar people. We're distinct. We're set apart for God. And so, therefore... God wants us to pray that all men may be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. He wants people to turn their lives around. Amen. And so prayer can help you and I to separate ourselves from this world. The more we pray, it pulls us away from the world and draws us closer to God. Because we're realizing that we're coming before the Almighty God when we come to pray. We're seeking Him for directions. We are supplicating. We're interceding. We're giving of thanks for all men. And so, and as a result, we want God to hear us. Amen. And so we know that if we're not honest, the Bible tells us, if I have iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. See? So I got to get to this point now to where I realize that his mercy and do it forever, what God has done for me is to draw me closer to him. See, 
This is why when you look at Luke 17, 10, the Lord says, when you have done all those things that are commanded to you, he says, say that we are what? Unprofitable servants. I have done that which was our duty. Luke 17, 10, I think it is. Amen. Our duty, we have a duty to pray. Amen. And this is what Paul is saying. I, I want, first of all, that supplication and prayer and giving of thanks. We've got to get this duty uh, is it, it, it's, it's being important. Right. Say, it is a requirement. You know, when I was a scout, you know, we used to raise our little three fingers and say, on my honor, I would do my do best to do my duty to God and my country. You know, so we've got to get prayers or duty is, a, is, is one of those things that we need to do. Early will I rise and seek thee. You know, people who have a solid prayer life and, and the more something is a duty for you and you learn to love that duty, you find that it becomes a habit. And habits are things you like to do and you love to do. And, and as a result of that, it draws you closer to God. See, this is what God wants. He wants to communicate with you. I think last week I asked a question about your communion with God. You know, you know, in the church we we have communion. You know, a lot of times here I will tell you as a pastor, I don't usually do it until the Lord tells me to. <laughs> you know, some churches have it every Sunday, every week, every day. You know, but usually I pray and I seek God. When do you want me to do this? You know, and. I usually, but, you know, we should have our own personal communion time with God. You know, there's nothing wrong with you taking and getting yourself some grape juice and, and a wafer and, and, and drawing away to where you are spending that time yourself in communion with God. Sweet communion with Him. You're pouring out your heart to Him. You're being open and honest to Him and, and revealing those hurts and those things that are not right in your life or in the lives of others that you're trying to draw closer to truth. This is what you want to do. You want to get to that habit to where you can come, as Paul says, boldly to the throne of grace and find help in the time of need. You, you want to be able to have the spirit of the Shudamite woman if the child dies that I can get a hold of God somehow, you know. This is what you want to do. You've got to have a life of prayer, amen. What you can learn from a person's life who does not have a, a habit of prayer. Let me give you a few things here that you can find by looking at people who does not have a habit of prayer. One, joylessness. They don't usually have joy in their lives if they don't have a habit of prayer. They don't usually have peace in their lives if they don't have a life of prayer. Usually people who do not have a life of prayer is fearful. They're always, you know, pessimistic about everything. Usually people who don't have a continual, habitual prayer life is slothful. They're lazy. They're usually mean-spirited. They're more worldly. They're excessed with the love of money. 
But on the other hand, those who have a life of prayer, you just flip the coin. You know, they're usually joyful. They're good spirited. They have peace in their lives. Because they know as long as they keep their mind stayed on Christ, he's going to keep them in perfect peace. You know, they're more spiritually and not worldly. They're not concerned about money. They're content with such things as they have. Their behavior, amen, is all about Christ. See, they're growing in the things of God. They're not faithful. You see, Jesus says, I would that men would pray and not faint. When you realize if you talk to God at an early time in the day, He sets your course for you. See, you, you can be burdened in a lot of things, but if you go to God in prayer, Isaiah 61 3 says, God has given us what? A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Notice, it's called a spirit. Heaviness is a spirit. Amen. So you want to break that spirit of heaviness. And you can do that through prayer and praise. You start your day with praise. You go around the clock. You know that wheel we got that we pass out, you know, praise, worship, reading the Bible, you know, prayer, intercession, all that. You know, if you do that for one hour, you're going to get up, you're going to feel better. See, he's given you, so you want to cast those things off of you. What does Peter say in 1 Peter 5? He says, cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he careth for you. So why should you carry your cares around? You want to pray. You want to seek God. Amen. You want to give it all to him. You know, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but... We will remember the name of the Lord our God. We've got to pray. Amen. We want to get a hold of God. So we want to commune with God. They were in Colossians 4, 2. Paul says to continue instant in prayer. In other words, be perseverant in prayer. You know, seize every opportunity. 2 Corinthians 4, 2. Amen. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians four two. I mean Colossians four two. Yeah, that that was is that right? Continuous in prayer and everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my mistake. Okay, continue in prayer. Right? Continue instant in prayer. Stay in prayer. You know, you, you, as I said last week, if you look at our world and what is going on around us. There's opportunities to pray continually. You know, you can be driving down the road and you can think of something or someone that you know to pray for. You know, and so it should be a continual thing. If you woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I'm sure you can think of something to pray for. (laughs) You know, if it is nothing but God make me get to there in time, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, but we... <laughs> I knew I'd get you going, right? <laughs> Amen. But we've got to pray. Amen. They, <laughs> we must not neglect it. Amen. 
We cannot elect it. We must observe it at all stated times. Maintaining a spirit of prayer and embracing all proper of occasion to engage in it. Amen. The meaning of this direction is that in order to discharge the right the duties of a Christian life and especially to maintain a joyful hope and to be sustained in the midst of our afflictions, it is necessary to cherish a spirit of prayer and to live close to God. That's on page number three, the top of the page there in your, your lesson. Amen. So you can see here. That if we're going to discharge the duties in our Christian life, we got to pray. Amen. How often should a Christian pray? Well, the Bible really doesn't tell us how often. It just says continue instant in prayer. But we see that David, according to Psalms 119, 164, says seven times a day do I praise thee for thy righteousness judgments. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You know, seven times a day, you know, he's, he's saying seven times a day will I praise you for your righteous judgment. How many times can do you praise him for his righteous judgments? Amen. You lose count because he's good for his mercy endured forever. You know, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Israel now say his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endureth. Let them that fear him say his mercy endureth forever. See, we have to get to that reverence point uh, that we love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. And we realize if I love something, I'm going to communicate with that something. Amen. We, we've got to, to pray. Amen. We know Daniel prayed three times a day. Even when the king's decree was, if you prayed to anybody other than to the God of Nebuchadnezzar, that it was going to be cast into the den of lions. But what did Daniel do? He opened his window, and just as he had always done, it was a habit. Amen. I, I was told, you know, that most prisoners of war will tell you that what they got through, how they got through being a prisoner of war in times of captivity was they prayed. They held to Article 6 of the Code of Conduct, which says, I will trust in my God and in the United States of America. Yeah, that's what Article 6 of the Military Code of Conduct says. You know, I'm pretty sure somebody's probably trying to get those words out of there at the end. But it was all about, I will trust in my God before, you know, the United States. But it says, I will trust in my God in the United States of America. In other words, I will believe that my nation will come and get me. But while I'm waiting for my nation to come and get me, I will trust in my God. Amen. And most of them was able to get through with that. You know, they came up with codes and things, you know, and because you can pray with nothing else. You know, you think about all the mothers and stuff, and, and you, we have stories and we have testimonies of, of, of mothers praying for their sons and daughters in the battle and, and stuff and how things happen and how God came through for them. Amen. So, you know, somebody says as long as they're tests in school, they're going to be prayer in school. Right? 
They can try to get it out all they want to, but as long as they're giving tests, they're going to be some prayer. Amen. You know, if you got a job, there's always going to be some prayer, you know, because people are going to come through and they're going to make you upset and you're going to say, Lord, <laughs> I need you right about now because <laughs> I'm about to be like Mom Bell, reach out and touch somebody. <laughs> you know, so. Amen. So there will always be prayer. Amen. So Daniel prayed seven times a day. Amen. And Mark one thirty five, it says that Jesus rose early before day, and he went into a solitary place there, and he prayed. Amen. In that solitary place, where is your secret closet? Where is the place that you can get along with God and you can pour out your heart to God? Amen. A lot of times early morning, a nautical hour of prayer, amen, before the sun comes up, gives you that quietness. Because a lot of times your kids are asleep, your husband or wife might be asleep, or, you know, the, the neighbor's dog ain't barking yet, or whatever, you know, and all these distractions aren't taking place, and it gives you an opportunity to get along with God, and to be able to pour out your heart and commune with Him, and to be able to hear Him clearly when He speaks to you. This is why you want to get along with him early. Jesus rose early in the morning, and he went into a solitary place. You know, Jesus gave us examples of everything that we need to do. He told this, his disciples, he says, I'm giving you an example. You know, from baptism, it was an example for us of how to baptize. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He's God. You know, he, he was just giving us examples of what we needed to do. You know, and how from compassion to sympathy and all these things, they were all examples all the way to the cross. It was all an example for us. See, because we're engrafted into his family. Now, we learn these things. We learn how to treat people. We learn how to do what is right through his example. That's why the Bible tells us to study, to show yourself approved unto God. Workmen that need, if not be ashamed, rightly divide the words of truth. Amen. It's examples for us. So Jesus rose early. In Matthew 26, 41, he's, we know just before his crucifixion in the garden, you know, he took his, his key guys, Peter, James, and John with him, and Jesus took them to a spot, and he says, stay here and watch for me. And he went a little further, and he prayed and said, Oh, my Father, if it be, you know, take this cup away, nevertheless, not my will, your will be. He comes back. What are they doing? They're sleeping. He wakes them up. Can't you not tarry one hour? He goes back and he prays again. He comes back. They're asleep again. You know, he goes back again, comes back again. They're asleep again. You know, but he was still praying. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. See, from the time you walk out to wake up, man, temptations are there. You know, your alarm clock goes off. You know you got to go to work. You just go, man, I can get five more minutes. You hit the snooze button, right? You just got tempted. <laughs> well, you could have got up and prayed, you know. So there's always going to be temptations, see. So Jesus says, if you watch and pray, you will not enter into the temptations. You know, he says, pray, what? And lead us not 
into temptation. You want God to not allow you to be drawn away upon your own lust and be tempted. See, this is what James says. Every man is, what, tempted when he's drawn away by what? His own lust and enticed. See, and when lust is conceived, it brings forth. And when sin is finished, it brings forth. Do not err, my beloved brethren. (laughs) Amen. See, you guys know the scripture. Come on. See, so this is why you need to pray. God, don't let me be led into these things. Or when I'm tempted, let me have your mind to be able to withdraw myself and not be drawn into it. Let me consider it. You know, let me look and see. Let me be watchful, see, so that I don't give in to wrongdoing, see. I got to be able to see what is going on. I need a clear vision. You know, I want my eyes anointed with eye salve so that I can see, see. You don't want to step in a punji pit. You know, you you want to keep your mind stayed on him, you know, (laughs) a punchy pit, you know, and that's a war, war, uh, you know, it's a hole that the enemy put and you stick your feet in and, you know, and take your foot off, you know, so, but, you know, the other things out there too you can step in, (laughs) so you want to make sure that you are clear. Amen. And these areas. Amen. So you want to watch and pray. Watch your surroundings. You know, don't drive down the road driving, you know, close your eyes and start praying. You know, watch. Watch watch what you're doing. You know, sometimes you can, you know, even in church sometimes, watch and pray. You know, God may lay someone on your heart to go pray with. You know, you need to be aware of these things, you know. Don't be so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good. <laughs> so so learn to watch and pray sometimes, amen. So that's what Jesus told the disciples. And we see in Acts 3, you know, Peter and James, uh, John was on the way to prayer. Peter and John was on the way to prayer, and he came to the gate called Beautiful, and, you know, the man was there. You know, so they were still following the procedures of of those times of prayer. You know, think about Paul and Silas when they were in Acts 16, when they was cast into prison. You know, if you look at Acts 16 and read Acts 16, the whole thing is all about prayer, really. You know, Paul sees in a vision, a man says, come over to help us. They get over there. They go out to the river where women were were there, where, what did it say, where prayer was wrought, you know. And they get there, and Lydia and her household hear them. You know, they get baptized, her and her household. You know, she says, hey, if you found me faithful, come to my house. You know, now they're going to prayer again, and here this woman, the spirit of divination, is coming behind them. And she says, man, these are the gods of the most high God that shows us the ways of God more perfectly. Finally, Peter had to turn around and cast the demon out of her, you know, and stuff. They get beat, get cast into prison. And what do they do at midnight? It's singing and praising and prayer. You know, they didn't stop. See, this is why, as I said before, you need to learn to grow in God's grace. See, 
Because His grace is always sufficient for us. See, so if I'm in a, a predicament, you know, like Paul and Silas was, if I'm in a prison cell, you know, I can't allow my location and my situation to affect my consecration to God. See, I still got to pray. You see, because I'm commanded of the Lord, you know, to call upon me in the times of trouble, and I will hear you and deliver you, and you will glorify my name. See, they knew what the Word of God says, and so, therefore, they was in prison, they prayed, and the prisons heard them, and the jail was shaken, and they were, bands were loose, amen, and they came out, amen, even the guard says, hey, what must I do to be saved? See, when you don't allow your situation and circumstances to affect your consecration to God and other people know, you're going to affect somebody. You're going to affect somebody else's life. They will see that, you know, that you are sincere about serving God. So we've got to keep our prayer uh, in focus here. We've got to stay on track uh, with our prayers. Amen. Supplication is the action, page 5, amen, on four kinds of prayer. Supplication is the action of asking or pleading for something earnestly and humbly. Amen. Amen. The writer of Hebrews, when he's speaking of Jesus praying in the garden, says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him, that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. So notice this example. And here we have some examples of supplications prayer. And Second Samuel 12, 14-23, we know that after David and Bathsheba had their relationship before they got married, you know, they was, she, she was fine with child, you know, and God struck the child. But David, amen, went to prayer. He went to prayer. He began to pour out his heart to God, you know. And David, you know, when after the child died, you know, David says, you know, they says, well, you know, you didn't get up, you didn't eat, you didn't, but now the child is dead. You get up and you're eating stuff. And David said, who knows what God would do, you know. I was seeking God. That's a prayer of intercession. That's a, you know, supplicating. You are, you are earnestly and humbly seeking God for your situation. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5 and 5 and 6, you know, to what? Humble yourself. You know, bring yourself down. Humble. Humility. It's one of our fruits of our spirit, isn't it? Humility. Amen. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Amen. Amen. Humble. Learn humility. Don't exalt yourself. He that humble himself shall be exalted. But if you're prideful and lift yourself up, God don't have any problem taking the rug out from under you. He knows how to bring you down real quick. See? So we need to learn humility. Humble ourselves before God here. So David was, 
was humbling himself. Amen. Look at Isaiah 38, 1 through 8. Isaiah 38, 1 through 8. We know the story of Hezekiah, don't we? In those days, Hezekiah was sick unto death. And, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt not die, shalt not, for thou shalt die and not live. And then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed unto God. Notice, he began to pray. You know, you, you know, somebody come and told me, man, your lights is getting ready to go out. You know, you're, you're going to get a hold of somebody. You're going to start praying. You know, so here it is, Isaiah, the prophet, come and tell you you're going to die and not live. You know, he start praying. And he says, oh, Lord, remember now, oh, Lord. I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. I mean, he humbled himself. You know, then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days Fifteen years. And I will deliver thee in this city out of the hands of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city. Amen. And this shall be the sign unto thee from the Lord, that the Lord will do this thing that he hath spoken. Amen. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degree which has gone down in the sundial of Ahaz ten degrees backward. So the sun returned ten degrees by which the degree it was gone down. Amen. So God says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to extend your life. You're not going to die. I'm going to give you 15 more years. That's a pretty good deal. You know, but, but what brought it about? Humility. Amen. He humbled himself and prayed. Paul would later write into the church of Corinth in 2 Corinthians 7 10. He says, godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repentant of. Amen. But sorrow of the world worked death. Godly sorrow. When you sincerely, amen, you realize it's got to be about God. You know, you want to get a hold of God. You, amen. You want to humble yourself. Get into a habit of staying humble. Get into a habit of praying before you get a wake-up call. <laughs> you know, that your, your life is, what, what do you do if you go to the doctor and they give you a bad report? You know, you want to be ready. This is why you got to grow in grace. Just like David, when God says no, you know, you've got to be ready to still get up and worship. You still got to be able to get up and pick yourself up and go on with life. Amen. This world is not your home. You know, you, you've got to build that relationship, grow, as Peter said, in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You want to have that unmerited favor of God in your life so that when God says no, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, amen, he says, when God says, no, I'm not taking your thorn out of your flesh, Peter said, I'll just rejoice then. You know? He says, that's what he's basically saying. He says, I'm just rejoice. You know? 
Because when I'm weak, I'm strong. See, that's what grace does. Grace is God's divine influence operating in your life. People can still see Christ in you, the hope of glory, no matter what you're going through. Because you have grown in the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. He's in your life. And so we see Hezekiah turns his wall. He, he had godly sorrow. Now look at Hannah. We know Hannah's story, don't we? You know, Hannah wanted a child. You know, you know, even though her husband tried to give her everything else, she still wanted a child. And, you know, Proverbs tells us one of those things is not satisfied. It's a barren room, right? So, but, but think about this. Amen. Now look at Hannah. Amen. She goes in and she prays. And she prays sincerely. And God hears her. See? And as a result, she made a vow. She says, God, if you give me a man child, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. Amen. And she did with Samuel. He became the first prophet of Israel. Amen. Because she prayed. And, and Hannah says, I prayed for this child, and God has answered my prayer. Amen. This is... This is, you know, supplication here. Amen. Look at Samson. You know, Samson and, and Samson, you know, uh, boy, Samson is, is just a foolish man with power. <laughs> but, but he prayed in the end. He should have been praying all along, doing what God had called him to do. But in the end, look at Judges chapter 16, verse 28 through 30. Judges 16, 28. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistine for my two eyes. See, they put his eyes out. See, that's what the devil does. He wants to put your eyes out. See, if you don't use this Holy Ghost for the right reason, the devil puts your eyes out. He wants to know your strength. See? And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which was bored up, and the one which is right hand, and the other with his left hand. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed down with all his might, and the house fell upon the Lord, and all the people were weary. And so the dead which he slew at the death more than they which he slew in his life. Amen. But why did he have to get to that point? See? He should have been praying all along from the beginning, doing what God, you know, was try- called him to do. See, when God calls us out of darkness to his marvelous light, when God calls us for a purpose... We have got to begin to build that relationship. We've got to separate ourselves unto Him. We've got to pray and get our directions from Him. All directions flow from the altar. You know, directions in our lives flow from the altar. You've got to build the personal altar to where you are constantly getting directions for your life from God. Amen. You, you, you don't be a foolish man or woman with this Holy Ghost power. Come on, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you're washed, 
but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord of our God. Come on. Prayer works. <laughs> Prayer keeps you focused. All directions flows from the altars that you build for God. Amen. Get into that secret closet. Amen. Stay in that secret closet. The Syrophoenician woman, John, I mean, Matthew 15. Amen. Verse 21 to 28. We know her daughter is vexed with the devil. She comes to the disciples. They want to kick her out and send her away. And she goes to Jesus and she says, Lord, help me. And Jesus says, well, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dog. She says, truth, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that falls from the master's table. And Jesus says, woman, great is your faith. Amen. Go your way. Your daughter is whole. You know, is healed. Because why? Hebrews 11 tell us, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's first God, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. We come to God with our needs. We come to God in our supplications, amen, our pleas, our pleas and our humility, and we believe that God is going to hear us. And if he says yes, we can rejoice. If he says no, we can rejoice. If he says wait, we can rejoice. Why? Because we're commanded to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderations be known to all men that the, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made on unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 4 through 6, right? Amen. So we got to learn to supplicate. Amen. You know, even Jairus, when he came to Jesus in Matthew, Mark 5, uh, for his daughter, amen, he was interceding for his daughter there. Amen. Another good indication of supplications. Amen. Because supplications is, is, is basically ours. We're seeking God for us. And that's why we need to always have godly sorrow. We need to have that spirit of humility about us. We've got to grow in these fruits. You know, we've got to add to our faith virtue. We've got to add virtue knowledge, knowledge tempers. All these things, we want to continue to grow in Christ Jesus. Amen. Intercessory prayer is the act of praying to God on behalf of others. Paul said that there is one intercessor between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus pleaded for our salvation on the ground of what he himself has done. We are permitted to intercede for others, not on the grounds of any merits which they or we possess, but on the grounds of the merits of the great advocate and intercessor, Jesus Christ himself. It is an inestimable privilege to be permitted to plead for the salvation of of our fellow man. And this is our theme scripture. This is what Paul is saying, you know, supplication, prayer, intercession, giving the thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. You know, if, if we laid our president on the altar, I mean, if every Christian prayed for him, I think God could change his heart and his mind. You know, you know, 
And same way with our congressmen and teachers and everybody, man. It's all messed up. I think God can really get a hold of their lives and, and turn them around. You know, we want to pray for all nations, all people, all kings, all that are in authority. Amen. You pray for your boss on your job, you know, put him on the altar. I used to pray for my commanders all the time, you know. God, save them, you know. You know, make it a difference, amen. I remember one time me and my colonel was together, and, you know, we had to go change and get ready for a function. And so I got dressed first, and I went by his house, and he was getting dressed. And he said, sorry, Major, you know what? He says, I told all the officers in staff call this morning that I won't hear no more cursing around here. Works for me. <laughs> Works for me, yeah, because I was praying for his soul, you know. I was, I was praying for all of them constantly, you know. And so that's what we've got to do. we we got to pray for our bosses. we got to pray for those. You, you don't know what's going to take place. You know, they're humans too. They need the Lord. God wants them saved. So we need to start the intercessory, you know, praying for your children and grandchildren's teachers and stuff. You, you never know. You never know. Never know what impact. I know when we had to watch them call out here, uh, church on the ground. You know, there was a teacher out here that came all the way from Toma. You know, was it Jalen's teacher or one of them? Jalen's teacher. She drove drove all the way from Toma out here to be at church on the ground. You know, who knows? Because we're praying for their teachers. What is it going to do? You know, you you never know whose life is going to be changed by your prayer. You know, people needs need the Lord. Amen. Praise God. He's able to make intercession for us. The Bible says, "Amen." Who do you want to be saved? Who do you want to be delivered? Who do you want to be helped? You know, keep praying for them. Keep praying for them. Think about them. Amen. Romans 8.34. Romans 8.34. We might get through this portion before I... Amen. Romans 8.34. Who is he that condemned? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, and even at the right hand of God. Who make what? Intercession for us. Amen. Intercession at the right hand, making intercession for us. Us, Jesus Christ, amen. Right hand, power, authority, amen, here. Really what that, that right hand means, it means that God is faithful. He's always faithful, amen. And you can count on him. That's why the Bible of Hebrews says, when he, he could swear by no self, but no, no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely... Blessings, I will bless you and multiply and I will multiply you. You know? So God has got to fulfill what he says he's going to do. He's faithful. Amen. Authority and righteousness. Amen. Amen. Romans 8, 26, 26 and 27. Romans 8, 26, 27. The Spirit does what? We know what we should pray for as we ought. 
The Spirit help our infirmities, right? For we know what we should pray for. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession with groaning, which cannot what? Be uttered. Amen. The Holy Ghost in you, the Helper, the Comforter, kicks in. (laughs) And he begins to pray. That's why Paul talks about praying in tongues. You know, we know that the initial infilling is you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance. And that Spirit inside of you is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And He intercedes for us when we don't know what we pray for as we ought to pray. It kicks in and helps out, you know. And that's why sometimes you hear people start praying in tongues. You know, the Holy Ghost is praying. It's taking over. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Amen. And, you know, we are edified. We are built up as it helps us. Amen. And this is important. Amen. And we know that Jesus is the truth, right? He is the way. He will help you. Look at Isaiah 40. Amen. 41.10, right? He says, Fear not. I am with thee. See, this is why the Spirit makes intercession. I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I'm going to help you. (laughs) That's why it's the comforter. He's going to help us. Amen. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. See, God says, I'm going to help you. You don't have to worry. He gives me strength. I'm going to strengthen you. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength, right? So when the Spirit kicks in and makes intercession for us, began to intercede on our behalf, it strengthened us. It builds us up. Amen. Amen. It gives us the strength because it begins to intercede. You ever notice how good you feel when you're speaking in another language in your prayer life? Amen. You feel strengthened. It edifies. It builds up. Amen. The right hand of my righteousness, my faithfulness. Amen. God cannot lie. I will be there with you. I'm going to help you. Don't worry. Hang in there. I'm going to give you the comfort. I'm going to give you the peace that you need that passes all understanding. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. You have not because you... Come on. Ask and you shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door is going to be open. Amen. Grow in grace. Grow in knowledge. Grow in truth. Amen. Because God wants us to intercede for other people. Amen. He wants us to pray for those that despitefully use you. Amen. I know it doesn't make sense when people treat you wrong to pray for them. But you've got to. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. You know? And so we got to pray. Amen. That God will hear us. Amen. Praise God. Cast all your cares on the Lord. He cared for you. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive them of their sins, and heal the land. Amen. He'll do it. He's got to. He's faithful. But we have to do what we know to do is right first as well. Amen.
praise God. 